Hey doulas, welcome to another episode of the Doula Road Trip Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is marketing and specifically storytelling. Our guest today is Melissa. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So give everyone a little bit of background about like who you are and what you do, and then we'll jump into today's conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been um, doing storytelling since 94. I started my career as a TV newscaster. And at the time, because I was the newest addition in the newsroom, besides anchoring the news, they decided to give me a daily five-minute human interest segment where I could cover anything but hard news. So I was on the job for four years. And in those four years, um, I interviewed thousands of people from all walks of life, including Hollywood celebrities, and ended up covering and crafted over 1,200 stories. So I really believe those four years laid a very solid foundation for me as a storyteller. And fast forward, um, after that job, I, I jumped over to the fiction side and uh, worked on a CBS show, scripted primetime called Martial Law, before I started my own company, Duck Punk Productions, in 2000. So like I said, I've been at it for quite a while. Yeah, talk a little bit about what like human interest stories are for people who may not have heard about human interest stories and like what exactly you are looking for as a news anchor. Sure. So human interest stories are anything but hot news. So hot news just referring to, you know, like current events, you know, plane crashes, car accidents, shootings, things like that. Things are happening at the moment, right? So human interest stories are basically anything from health, beauty, technology, uh, science, red carpet events, movie premieres, Star Trek conventions, um, community events, anything that is of human interest, not like, you know, not like things happening at this moment, kind of a topic. Yeah, those are considered human interest stories. Okay, so how were the 1200 stories that you did as a um, news anchor at that time? How is that related to storytelling and like what you do now? Well, because, like I said, I covered over 1,200 stories. So there was almost no topic that I have not touched. So now I do storytelling for, um, I have three different types of clients. I work with small business, mid-sized businesses, as well as large corporations, you know, and some of my larger, you know, corporate clients are Nissan, Bryce, and Wells Fargo. So in order for me to really apply storytelling as a concept, right, to help businesses thrive, get more customers, build a brand market. And I really believe those four years after covering over 1200 stories really, really, really laid a very solid foundation for me. Because now when I look at a business, right, I look at, I look at it from a very, I look at it from a precise view. So I don't look at it as if, oh, okay, what do you do? You know, like what's off? I don't just look at that. I look at the business, you know, like I said, from a bird's eye view, I look at this business, okay, who is this business, right? What does this business represent? Why does this business exist? What are the offers this business wants to offer to the customers? What are the special value propositions? What are the differentiators? Why they should why should they even be in the marketplace? And why should customers buy from them? You know what I mean? So I look at it like like from a sort of like a organic holistic point of view. And then when I do storytelling, I look at all of those elements and then I, then I work with either the business owner or this, you know, CEO, CFO, whoever who's very familiar with the history of the business to craft and create taglines, create marketing messages, creating, you know, the, the branding 
for the for the company, so that when it's ready to market and to brand, the message is coherent with what they represent in the marketplace. Because a lot of times when you look at businesses, sometimes their marketing message is so far off than who they are as a business, and that's like not congruent. And when you have that, then your audience are not going to respond because it's like mixed messaging, and you don't want that. You want the message to be very coherent, very succinct, and also very easy. A lot of times, people make it very, very complicated. You know, they say, "Oh, they they keep talking about oh, this is this is how we do it, this is how we do this," but it's never about how you do it. It's always about it's always about what are the benefits your customers can get from buying your. Very challenging for people who, you know, who who are. In it deep, right? We are in our business so deep. Sometimes it's very challenging for us to have the different point of view because you're almost flipping the point of view, right? It's not how you look at it; it's how your customers look at it. So I'm thinking about this, and sometimes as a brand new business owner, when you're starting on、Correct. day one, a lot of those questions could be very hard to answer for brand new people. So, what、right. advice do you have? Because I know like bigger companies have been doing this for a while.、Right. They have people who are paid to think about why they do this, who they do it for, and things of that nature. But if it's just you as a solo entrepreneur,、right. um, you may be trying to find your footing and find like your story and what differentiates you. And so, what advice do you have for people there? So as women, we are used to multitasking. So that means we're good at multiple things, right? And it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> at the same time. I'll tell you why. So a blessing is, hey, we get things done, right? We're very efficient. We're fast. Okay, great. The curse is because we're good at multiple things. Sometimes we forget and neglect what we're best at. And that is very, very actually challenging. I work a lot with you know、um, women business owners, and sometimes you know they're like, "Oh yeah, I can do this, I can、mm-hmm. do that." Like, okay, but 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 you cannot you cannot be everything, right? To everybody. So I think you really have to like dig deep. And if you cannot do it alone, find somebody to do it with you, right? You have to dig deep, and then really figure out, okay, what am I best at? So I'll take me as an example. So I've been doing this for a very, very long time, and only until probably five, six years ago, I started really focusing more on storytelling. So after I started my own company, at the beginning, my goal was to、um, produce and direct independent movies and documentaries, and I did that for a few years. And then nine eleven hit, so my my phone just stopped ringing. All my projects were canceled. So I was like, okay, well now what? You know.、Um, And then just it just so happened that you know a friend of a friend、um, they wanted to start up at、um, their、uh, audio audio post audio post production audio mixing facility. So they wanted to start up a、uh, production division to produce TV commercials. So I teamed up with them for a year and、um, three months, and we did some you know、um, we did a few jobs for Toyota. And from there, I realized, oh well, I I didn't have to limit myself on just doing you know independent movies and documentaries. Now I have a whole different new category. Now I can do TV commercials, right? And then I sort of started, you know, rolling TV. After I parted ways with them, I started rolling TV commercial under my own, you know, production banner. And I have been producing TV commercials since, you know, two thousand three. And like I said, you know, McDonald's, Old Navy, Nissan, Verizon, those are our clients. And what, but then, you know, a few years ago, I looked at my career again and was like, okay, 
all right, what is what is the common thread here, right? What what have I been doing since 1994? So I looked at it and say, whoa, I have been telling stories. Where, you know, um, small and mid-sized companies uh, do better with acquiring customers. So um, this was at least more than six years ago, or maybe even like around seven years. So I started, you know. Um, I started doing a very small webinar just to test out the concept. So it was a three-week three week seminar. Um, one of the students, at the beginning of the seminar, he was doing over $100,000 um, worth of sales. And at the end, when we finished the three weeks, he did $580,000, over half a million dollars. So I realized, wow, this is not a coincidence. There's something here, right? So I started, you know, I started keep doing it, perfecting, you know, my, my, my um, process, you know, my, my approach. And then now a lot of my mm-hmm. customers, you know, um, have seen sales increase anywhere from 30 to 400%. So, so I know it works, but like if you're starting a business, you cannot be all of it because it takes time to build, right? And also it takes time for you to communicate what you truly sell to your clients. You got to pick it apart. And then really articulate, you know, like what's your offer, right? And if you're trying to offer too many things, a confused mind will never buy. And then in a way, you're confusing your clients, right? Oh, I have A, B, C, and D, and E. Pick one. And then it's like people, okay, I don't even know what to pick anymore, <laughs> you know? So like pick one thing, right? One thing. I'm offering just this, right? And just start from there and build from there. So that, that would be my advice. Yeah, I think that it's so interesting that a lot of people who have been in business for years and years and years, it seems like the business has grown and morphed due to challenges, due to whatever has come up um, in the world or for them personally. And so the business that they started with looks very, very different than the business that they have today. And it's just from small improvements. And it sounds like personal audits throughout the time that you are in business and also through learning new skills and collaborating with new people. Um, You mentioned that you discovered a storytelling concept. Let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of the pieces that you found after doing storytelling for a decade through different industries and with different clients, what have you found is consistent with the pieces of storytelling that you share as like your framework? So, I mean, like I said, I've been at this for almost three decades now. So um, a common thread is really the emotional connection. Okay. Because without the emotional connection, you're not going to get anywhere. And I'll give you an example. I just published an article on LinkedIn called The Four Stages of uh, a Sales Cycle. Mm-hmm. So every time you try to acquire a customer, that is a sales cycle, okay? And sometimes it takes weeks, it could take months, and some, you know, if you try to approach you know, a couple of clients, it could take years, right? But regardless of how long that short cycle is, I believe these are the four steps. So connection, reaction, action, and transaction and I'll explain it so the connection is the first step whenever you try to convey something right let's say if you're my customers right I'm trying to convey you oh this is what this is my offer and this is how it's going to change your life right so if I if I convey my offer in a storytelling format right that is easy for you to understand to absorb what I'm trying to offer you then I most likely will get a reaction from you. Then 
no, sorry, connection first. So I'm gonna connection, you know, like we're connected, right? So whatever I say has to be has to relate to you. If what I say doesn't relate to you at all, then you're gonna tune out. Then nothing will happen. Zero, right? So we're back to square one. But if somehow I can make you I can make it relatable right. and right. you connect with me on the emotional level, then I most likely will get a reaction from you. Correct? Right? So if I get a reaction from you, that reaction, mm-hmm. what's gonna lead? That reaction is going to lead to an action. And whether the action is to buy or not to buy is still a good action. Because if the action leads to buying, that means that there's a transaction, right? So I, I have successfully acquired you as a customer. Mm-hmm. Now, if the action is not to buy, so it's still a good action because I'll tell you why. Because if you tell me right up front, okay, all right, your thing is not, it's, it's, it's not for me. It, I don't need it. I, I have no interest, right? Completely like, no. Okay, great. Then I don't have to spend money, time, and effort to try to court you anymore, right? Then I can actually move on. Okay, next, True. right? Because people, if you, you see, if you don't get a yes from somebody, mm. sometimes you keep getting at it, right? You keep thinking, oh, maybe they'll say yes next time. Maybe they'll say yes next time, right? So imagine the time and effort and money you spend trying to get somebody to say yes. It could take a long time, right? So, but the quicker somebody tell mm. you no, it could. hey, next, then you can spend the time and money and effort on courting somebody else. So that's why even a, even an action of no is a good action because then you're shortening your sales cycle. You're moving on to the next potential customer, right? And I'll t- give you an example on what that what does that look like, mm-hmm. right? So I have worked with a CPA and uh, he said, okay, I have a pretty good steady t- you know um, um, pool of customers, but at the same time, you never know who's gonna drop out, right? So I want to you know I want to um, reach out to some new people and see right. if I can acquire a few new customers and you know just just get the word out about my service. I say, okay, great. So what's your what's your preferred method? of uh, acquiring new customers. He said, well, I, I like going to networking events because, you know, I like to connect with people. And, uh, you know, and in the meantime, you know, I, I always like meeting new people. And if I can, you know, give give out some business cards, you know, at those networking events, that's great. I say, okay, well, make sure you know what you're saying because you know how business cards will end up after you're going to networking events, right? Trash cans. Right? How many of us Absolutely. have thrown out business cards? Because mm-hmm. we do not recall who is this person, right? If you don't remember anything about them, chances are that the person doesn't like right. like that name, that company doesn't mean anything. Trash. And you don't want that, right? So how right. do we how do we make sure that our business cards don't end up in a trash right. can? He say, Okay, okay, well, I have figured out a way and this is how I do it. He said, well, I would tell people, hi, I'm so-and-so, uh, I'm a CPA, I like working with numbers, and I really love helping people save money from Uncle Sam. I say, okay, well, first of all, I want to I see, um, what do you think about that pitch? It's like, okay, you're a CPA, you like helping people save money. I guess if I needed to save money, I would contact you, but it's not moving me to any action. It, you know, I'll take his card out to be polite, but yeah. Exactly. Probably. Right, but that card yeah. will end up in the trash, right? Because why? what right. do you think is lacking? The emotional connection. 
right? There is no emotional connection there. Great, you're a CPA. Right. Of course, you love helping people save money. That's your job, right? You right. shouldn't you even shouldn't be you know, a CPA it's if a you given. don't like numbers, right? <laughs> you don't even right. It's a given, right? Exactly, right? Like right, right? It, it, like you shouldn't even be a CPA if you don't like numbers. So I said, okay, great. I don't think that's going to help you get yeah. any get any further, right? With with that pitch. And I say, well, don't you think other CPAs may say the same thing? He said, well, you got a point. Yeah. I said, okay, well, let's figure out what else we can say. I said, okay, well, um, give me give me some uh, give me some examples of of your experience working with customers. He said, well, I actually have been pretty lucky. Um, none of my none of my um, none of my uh, customers have been audited, and their paperwork is always in order. I always make sure their paperwork is in order, so I don't really have any very sort of memorable stories about my customers. I say, okay, well, why did you start your business? He said, like I said, I'm obsessed with numbers. I like crunching numbers and I love helping people save money. So that's my why. I, I didn't quite think that was it, but yeah. I said, okay, all right, let's just go with that for now. So, all right, so that's your why. And uh, tell, me, tell me a story when you were in college. He said, well, I... Uh, I lived at the dorm and uh, I didn't participate in any of those crazy parties. I always got back in time. Um, I got really good grades. Um, you know, didn't do anything too crazy. I was a really good student and I don't really have any stories there. And I said, okay, oh well, all right, let's keep going back. Uh, what about high school? Well, uh, I had pretty good parents. They, you know, they, you know, I, I got a lot of straight A's. And like I said, I wasn't somebody who would really go out of my way to do anything crazy. Um, pretty well, normal he's childhood. making you work really hard. <laughs> you know, nothing really, nothing really stood yeah. out. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was like pulling teeth, right? I say, okay, all right. I said, well, look, obviously you're not really like helping here, right? I say, we're not going to leave until you give me a story. We're just going to sit here. Oh, he said, we're just going to sit here? I said, yeah, we're not leaving until you give me a story. I mean, come on. You've been living all these years. You, you must yeah. have at least something you can share with me, right? Think harder. I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you 10, 15 minutes. You, you, you think hard. Like, just think from childhood all the way. Think about something that is memorable. And then you come back and tell me. Otherwise, we're not leaving. And he goes, oh, shoot, right? <laughs> like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then 10 minutes later, he came back. He said, well, actually, um, since you're pushing me this hard, I, I did remember something and I never shared this story with anybody. So this is my, my first time telling it. When I was nine years old, uh, my father got audited. And I remember standing in the hallway, standing, yeah, standing in a doorway, actually, standing in a doorway, watching him pace back and forth, trying to get his paperwork ready mm. because his paperwork was not ready to go. And we wanted to help him so bad. Family crazy. All of us mm. was completely stressed out because yeah. we didn't know how to help him. And watching him keep going <laughs> this whole day long. I mean, that really like imprinted, that image got imprinted in my mind. And I never, yeah. I would never forget that moment. 
I say, well, that is a story. Well, so I ask him, I say, well, don't you think deep down, subconsciously, you already decided about your profession at that moment? He said, oh, wow, I never thought about it. I never, I never think about it. I say, yeah, that's your why, because you wanted to be the hero for your dad. But at the mm. time, you were too young and you didn't know how, right? But then mm. that moment really made a deep, like really made a dent in you and, and made a huge impact. And yeah. so when you got older, you realize subconsciously, I want to do that because I don't want to have, I don't want to see other people have to go through what my father went through. So that's his story. So I said, well, from now on, don't even tell people that you're CPA. Just share that story. And he goes, okay. So he starts sharing the story and long behold, you know, his phone started ringing because people who have friends who are getting audited, right? Will be like, oh my God, my friends, so-and-so, they got audited. Can you help them? Their paperwork is not in order, right? So yeah. see, he's now you're making the emotional connection. Who doesn't relate to getting audited? Everybody. Nobody wants to be audited, right? Everybody can feel the stress that associated with getting audited, yeah. right? So is it relatable? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's completely relatable, right? Is it personal? Yes, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. He witnessed it. So it's very personal. It's relatable. Mm -hmm. Emotional connection there, right? Our reaction, right? The next step, reaction. Mm -hmm. And is he getting a reaction from us? Yes, absolutely. Oh my God, I feel you. I'm so sorry your father was audited, right? Oh my God. They're going to remember now, right? The erection is like, okay, I remember this story. So next time when I have a friend, right? Oh my God, yeah. you go to call so-and-so. He's going to help you get through this, right? Because, you know, his father went through it and he's really good with his paperwork. And then, so in a way, he already narrowed down his clientele. For people who don't care about their paperwork, right? will not be his ideal clients because they don't care, mm. right? They can go with whoever. But for people who, who care about the mm -hmm. paperwork, right, want to make sure that, hey, even if I get audited tomorrow, right. I, have, I have the whole folder to go, right? So those are his ideal clients, you see? So in a way, it saves him thousands of dollars. He doesn't even have to do any strategy ses session trying to figure out, you know how in marketing, they always say, oh, you got to do strategy session to figure out who your ideal client is, blah, blah. Hey, his story already dictated who his ideal clients are, right? He doesn't have to do any right. strategy anymore. So when we have reaction, right? Our reaction is going to lead to action. Okay, do I need him? Is my CPA good enough for me? If my CPA is not good enough, if my CPA doesn't help me, get my paperwork ready, right? Okay, this is my guy, right? If my CPA is, is you know, helps me with my paperwork, I feel, I feel secure, I feel good enough. Okay, maybe not, right? But I have friends, right? So you see, uh, action. Yes, no, it's an action. Yes, mm -hmm. transaction, done deal, right? No, fine. I remember his story. Next time I got somebody tell me, oh my God, do you know a CPA okay. that can help me get through this? Wow. Call this guy. So I hear you saying, go through your life from childhood all the way up to where you are now and find the stories that help convey who you are and what you do. So, yeah. So I think that you're right. Maybe people should test out their stories because maybe we are saying stories that are very lukewarm 
but we don't know that. And so maybe we do need to take a moment to sit down and really comb through our life and think through the stories, test the stories out on people, see how they react to like confirm whether or not we're onto something. Yeah, because you see, you you True. are not buying yourself, right? Right. So right. it's hard for you to have that perspective. You need to pitch it to okay. people who don't know anything about your business. And then see, okay, are you connecting mm. with me with this story, right? If you're not connecting with me here, that means the story has to go. Okay. Has I have to come up with something else, you see? So like I said, it's difficult for you to do it. Like 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 find like find a professional if you can pull the stories out for yourself, right? Find a storyteller, find a professional, work with somebody who can pull that out of you, right? Look at this guy. You know, if he didn't work with me, mm. he would never get that in his lifetime. Period. He can't even tell a story on his own. Do you think he has the capability yeah. to pull it out of himself? No way. You know what I mean? No way. So so just make sure that you understand that. And then if you can't do it for yourself, okay. like just like I said, you know, hire a professional to do it with you, right? And then after that, you know, if you're doing it yourself, like pitch it to different people just to test it out and see, right? If you have a professional working with you, then already you, you, you already got the feedback from the professional, right? So okay. you don't have to test it out you know, so much with your friends. So, but either way, you know, yeah, the story is the key. Like I said, emotional connection. Without the emotional connection, you go back to square one. No reaction, no action, no transaction. So, but if you take care of step one, then you're going to get step two, step three, step four. So let me ask you this. He mentioned that he liked networking events because it sounds like in networking events, he can get like an instant live reaction for people who may be more introverted or don't necessarily have like a network um, locally that they can go to. Is this something people can test out in other arenas like um, social media or YouTube or podcasting? Like how would you advise like smaller businesses to test out their stories to see if they land with potential clients well you can always test it out because like for him right you know this, that was just his preferred way of telling his story and mm -hmm. let's say if he takes networking out of that equation right how does he mm -hmm. convey his story he can convey his story in a podcast he can share that story if he has a podcast right he can share his story on the podcast he can share it repeatedly right because not everyone will tune in at the same time. I mean, I'm not saying right. repeating the exact same story every single time, but you know, maybe repeat it once every few episodes, right? You can repeat that. You can put it on your website. You can put it on your, I don't know, everybody has some marketing materials, right? You can put it on your brochure. Right. You can put it on your marketing materials, right? And then also I'm very, very big on, you know, um, special value proposition. Like for him, his value proposition is, you know, I make sure that your paperwork is intact no matter when you're going to get, you know, if you get audited, right? So that's kind of like right. his, 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 you know, special value proposition. So mm -hmm. everyone should have their own special value proposition, right? Why are you different? Why are you unique compared to your competitors? Because you cannot be, I mean, there, there are like millions of people Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, like hundreds of thousands of people doing what we do, right? There's, mm -hmm. no, there's no service that, it, that is only offered by one person in this whole wide world, right? There are always people doing what we do. But why should people buy from us? Because we do it differently, right? That's our special value proposition. So if you're very clear about your special value proposition, again, 
you can put it on your website, put it on your marketing material, convey it verbally, right? Convey it on paper, on, on social media, right? On your posting, anywhere you want, really. It, it doesn't matter what the delivery format is, but the information mm-hmm. is the same. Make sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that people should do something different besides business cards or add something creative to business cards in networking events because they typically do end up in the trash? Or do you think that the story is enough to make the business card stay in the wallet? If you can tell a good story that is memorable, impactful, and relatable, I guarantee your business card will not end up in the trash. Okay. Then you don't okay. you don't really need something else. Except... I mean, if you are offering, you know, I don't know who, I don't know if your audience is like a coaches or anybody like that, right? Sometimes they, yeah, they print out, coaches. right? So if, you know, coaches, they do a lot of retreats and things like that, right? So sometimes they print out like four by six cards, like, oh, this is my next retreat, sign up, blah, blah, blah. You're welcome to have something additional, right? If you're trying to push, you know, for something okay. um, a little different than just your business card, you're welcome to have more than just a business card. But if you don't have anything additional, if you can truly tell a good story, like I said, right, then mm-hmm. your business card will, will, will end up being scanned, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or somehow, okay. you know, stacked on a desk instead of, you know, in the trash. Okay. Tell me, what are some of the other mistakes that you feel like small business owners are making when it comes to storytelling? It sounds like one of the mistakes may be not going deep enough to find a story that connects with your audience. So that sounds like mistake number one, but are there other like common mistakes? Mistake number two is to focus on the how. Because they don't know how to talk about their why. They don't know why they're in business. They don't know why they're different than the competitors. They have not done this exercise. Okay. Okay. So I really encourage everyone to go through this exercise. Okay. Okay. So if you have not done this exercise, a lot of times, you know, when you talk about yourself, you focus on the how. Oh, I, I help people do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Nobody cares the how. Nobody cares about the how, right? The how, the how, you shouldn't even have to mention about the how. The how is your secret sauce. Okay. Right? But what are the benefits from buying from you? So you need to focus on the benefits, the results that your customers will get from working with you, not the how. So that's the second most common, commonly made mistake. If you're new in business and you don't have results yet or you don't have uh, client testimonials, how do you overcome that obstacle? Okay, so even if you don't have the results, right, you should know the benefits that your customers will okay. get from working okay. with you, right? You should know that, 100%. right? And if you have results, great, right? Like me, right? I have results. I can say the percentage, right? Okay, my my clients have raised sales for 400%, right? But let's say if I don't have any of that, right? Let's say if I don't have any of that, I'm starting new, right? Like what is, what, what, is, what are the benefits, right? So the benefits are, I work with your brand. I work with your companies to build your brand, drive sales, and win more customers. Do you want more customers, right? So that's the benefits from working with me. Now, you see the difference? I don't have the percentage, but still, the benefits is you get more customers. customers. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you should know what your benefit is. If you don't know what your benefit is, then you have a lot of homework to do. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. Any other mistakes that you see people making? I hear you saying like connection point is one. People aren't telling stories that connect. I also hear you saying people focusing on what they do versus like why they do it. Okay. So then that's mistake number two. Yeah. Any other ones you want to share? The next mistake is um, is make it make it um, make it short. Make it easy. Okay. It's it. This is not about sharing a life story, mm-hmm. right? That's a whole different session. Okay. You know, this is about you know, this is about giving your potential customers a taste of who you are, of your style, of your approach, okay. right? So I have people come up to me. <clears throat> I do a lot of like speaking and you know, um, at you know events and conferences. Yeah. So one time after my after I. I do an educational seminar for 45 minutes. This woman came up to me. She's like, oh my God, I finally got it. So how long do you think I should I should do my life story for? Do you think five minutes is enough? Do you think I should tell my life story in 10 minutes? I looked at her. I, I almost didn't know what to say. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've said, well, you know what? It's really not about telling a life story, right? This is really about crafting a unique story that you can share about your offer and at the same time having that story be 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 the you know be something that your audience can relate to can feel something from right so this story has to serve multiple purposes so this story has to serve the purpose of okay why should i pay attention to you mm. right why should I be buying from you? How are you different than your competitors? Like, what are you offering me? Am I going to feel something from this story? Mm-hmm. Right? So I see the story has to serve multiple purposes. If this story doesn't serve multiple purposes, then it's not the best story for you. And I believe you know, I, I mean, I've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, it doesn't matter what you sell. I can always craft a story that is relatable, that can serve all those purposes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So don't look at this lightly and think, oh, okay, I'm just going to whip out a story and, and it's going to work. No. Like I said, you know, the story has to serve at least those five purposes. And then if it does serve those five purposes, then your audience will be ready to hear what you have to say from that because then you're getting a, a reaction, mm. right? If you're not getting any reaction from people, you got to find a new story. Okay. Mm. Okay, well, Melissa, let's do this. Let me test out my story on you and you give me live feedback. Is that okay? Okay, Okay, sure. cool. So typically in discovery calls and consultations, there comes a point where people want to know like, who, like, who are you and like, what do you do? Right. And so that's typically when I'm telling my story. So I don't really go to networking events. This is not on social media or on my website, but now that you say all that, I'm going to have to reevaluate it. But anywho, so that's the question. Like, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like, why are you offering this service? It's typically the question that people come to. So my answer. So what kind of a, what kind of a coach, what kind of a coach are you? Yeah. Great question. So I, uh, in the audience, are typically like doulas. So basically, doulas are supporting, expecting families. We are coaches. We are teaching people how to prepare for a positive child birthing experience 
we are actually showing up to the hospital when they're going into labor to stand with them, guide them, coach them, encourage them, support them. And then we're coming back in within seven days of their baby being born in order to check in, see if they need any resources or additional support. Um, On top of that, I'm also in the postpartum period with new families. So if you just had a baby and you want to get more sleep at night, you hire me. I come to your house from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. I get up and down with your baby so you can get a solid eight hours of sleep. So those are the two services that I offer. So for the service where people are expecting and they want to hire us, I typically say, um, I found out about doula work in 2015 and I'm an accidental doula. So I didn't have any children. I reconnected with a friend from high school who was pregnant with her fourth baby. And due to the circumstances, she was in labor alone. Um, Her partner was not able to make it and her father had passed a few days before she went into labor. So her family was planning the funeral. I decide that friendship is showing up. So I go to the hospital. I have never seen childbirthing in person. I have absolutely no experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just showing up for a friend. Fast forward 12 hours and childbirth live and in person was like the most exhilarating thing that I ever saw and got a chance to be a part of. And I tell her, oh my goodness, like that was absolutely incredible. I don't want to have any children right now, but somehow I want to be a part of this and I don't want to be a doctor or a nurse. I know that that's not my path. And so she says, you should be a doula. And I said, a do what? She was like, a doula. I said, well, how do you spell it? And I started Googling and I've been absolutely obsessed with this industry and helping families to come into this industry way differently than the horror stories that they hear about Mm. childbirth. So that's the story that I typically tell. Um, of course, if we have more time, I I always get into like, you know, a few years later having my daughter and how having that information and hiring that support allowed me to have a joyful childbirth and to be ushered into parenthood differently. So tell me your feedback about that story. Well, a couple of different things. So first of all, I think it's important that you find out from whoever you're speaking to, whether it was doula or not, right? Because if they have no clue what that means then you can keep talking and talking and then they'll be like, okay, like, like you said, right? The first time you heard about it, yeah. right? Like, do you, do you what? And so right. I think, am I frozen? No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You're good. So first of all, you need to find out um, if they understand the term, right? And then if they do understand okay. the term, then I think, I think you need to, like, again, I didn't hear you talk about the benefits. What are, what are the benefits of having a doula, right? So after you explain, right, what, after you explain what a doula mm-hmm. is, right, so I need to know why. Okay, so the benefits was missing from the story. Anything else you feel like was missing from the story? Um, not at the moment, okay. but um, yeah. I mean, a, a few different things. Again, you know, your story, it's not like complete. Okay. Right? I think it's a good starting point, okay. but it's not complete, complete because your story doesn't have all those elements in there quite yet, okay. right? So that is your next step. So you need to work on it and then make it complete so that, so that it serves, right? All those five purposes. Okay. And then you throw in, you know, why, again, why you versus another doula? Okay. Yeah, right? I love it. What are the benefits you bring to the table? I didn't hear that. So I would work on at least those two okay. things. Okay. 
Okay, awesome. All right, any other advice you want to share yeah. with people about finding the power in their story? It is a, um, I mean, I don't know about other storytellers, mm-hmm. right? But with me, at least, it is, it is a pretty deep process. Because sometimes, regardless of how long your business is, right? I mean, you know, I have a few clients that I'm working with at the moment. And, you know, a woman, her business, she's, she's had this business for like over 30 years. And then, but, but because of who she is, um, she may, like, like, she's the one who put in all the company culture, right? Because it stems from her. So that's why we still have to go way back to really like figure out, okay, what does she, what does she believe in? And, and, and when did those belief systems come into play mm-hmm. when she was younger, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes it stems way back than just, oh, you know, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's, 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 I'm not saying that, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it applies to everybody, Sometimes, you know, you may have something happen at 21 that it completely changed your life, right? Like mm-hmm. for you, right? You decided to help your friends. So that's not that's not when you were young, right? right? So everyone is different, right? But there are, always that, there are always moments, you know, in your life that you can go back to and then you can see sort of the threat. I can see the threat, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes, you know, I have to go way back with people. And sometimes it gets pretty deep and it gets pretty personal, and I would say that, you know, I, I mean, not everybody is ready for that kind of work. And so far, I mean, everybody, I had pretty much everybody except one person who decided to work with me and then bail out because during the process, they were not ready to go there. So I would encourage you, if you want to start this process, make sure you're ready to go there because after you re-examine right and and then kind of like playing your life back in a mm-hmm. way right you're doing a rewind button right like playing playing it all back and then it's going to help you really see yourself for who you are and then if you bring that into the world a couple that with what you're best at then you cannot fail because you cannot fail at being who you are mm-hmm. You see, a lot of times when people start their business, they start the business because somebody is telling them, oh, you're good at this. Why don't you just do right, this, right. right? Or their spouse is saying, okay, you've been doing this for so long. Why don't you make it a business, right? Or they inherit the business from their parents, from relatives, right? Or they buy a franchise, right? I mean, they are all different ways that people get into right. the business, right? But they may or may not get into the business because of their true desire, or they may get into business that they can do, they can be good at, but it may or may not be what they're best at. You see the yeah, difference? I see the difference. Right? So we can do what we're good at, mm-hmm. right? You can still make a mm-hmm. living, right? But is that what you're best at? You mm-hmm. see? So that's why I said, you know, if we can really stay true to who we are as a person and we match that with what we're best at and we take that into the world, then it's a given because you already best, that's what you best at, Mm -hmm. right? And then that's who you are. You cannot fail at those two things. 
Excellent point. Okay. I love, love, love that. Um, as we come to a close, Melissa, tell yeah. everybody how they can connect with you um, on social media um, and how they can find you. Um, anything that you have right now, as far as like offers, we would love to hear. Sure. Yeah. So I'm very easy to find. Um, again, my name is Melissa Tong. My, um, my name spells with two L's, two S's. So it's M-E-L-L-I-S-S-A-T-O-N-G. If you want to just, you know, find me through hashtag. Um, or uh, I, my website is uh, duckpunk.net, D-U-C-K duck, P-U-N-K duck. I mean, sorry, duck, D-U-C-K duck, P-U-N-K punk. So duckpunk.net. And I also have an ebook. If you do go on YouTube or you do go on social media, if you do go on camera to try to promote your company, mm-hmm. right? I did a very easy, you know, five tips ebook called How to Be a Rockstar on Camera based on my, you know, news anchor, newscaster, reporter, producer experience. Mm-hmm. So I want to help people, you know, be more comfortable and really know what they have to say on camera. So go to rockstaroncamera.com to download the ebook it's very simple so duckpunk.net or melissa tong to find me rockstaroncamera.com to download the ebook okay awesome thank you so much melissa for your time and for all of your tips and expert knowledge we truly appreciate that good luck everyone